the world is changing and the offline businesses are actually suffering and dying. The ability to quickly react on the changes is the key differentiator for DevOps. Some businesses go and some businesses grow. What is next? Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not so serious soft serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. Hey everyone. My name is Alex. I work with SoftSurf as a director of DevOps and Cloud. And a part of my daily job is uh, working on the short-term, long-term strategy for the company, for our clients, looking at the market competitive advantages and a lot of fun stuff where uh, I need to be ahead of the market. I need to help our company to design better services to be better at what we do and win the market. Together with me today is uh, Max, who are solutions architect at SoftSurf. Hi everyone, I'm Max. As Alex said, I'm a solutions architect at SoftServe and I'm working uh, in a pre-sales field in our GCP Center of Excellence, GCP Cluster Center of Excellence. Also, I'm the Anthos Practice Leader, which, is, which stands for the current trendy stuff called hybrid cloud solutions. Today with Max, we will be talking about how the COVID impacted our clients, our work, what we need to get prepared for. So before we start, I just like to get us know each other better. I have just a few questions to you. So first of all, Wim or Nano? Uh, Wim, for Wim. sure. Yeah. Do you know how to exit it? Absolutely. Yeah, first time I, I entered We. At, at some point, I, I had to go and Google how to exit Wim. I know there's many of engineers who first interferes with that program, how to go through that was. I've started with the early Linux distro. So I first, I was just switching to another console and just did a kill minus <laughs> nine. And that, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's get it more close to our daily job. So uh, when traveling, Lufthansa or Delta? I, I, I like Qatar Airways. Like that's Qatar Airways. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they're definitely nice. I, you know that sometimes I start kind of flying Turkish because they give you two bags, two big bags, so that you coming from your business trip, you can get more stuff from Amazon. And they have uh, more or less nice meals as well. And the last one here is maybe more Hollywood. I would say Mac versus Windows. Mac, for sure. No Windows, please. <laughs> As I mentioned, topic of today's podcast is how the COVID and recent state of the economy and the world impacted the work we do, our clients, and I would like to start with uh, what we see in our daily job and first of all, how our clients were impacted. So to break it short, two first type of clients that we started to see in early February and then in March is those who were the first group who were having a distress so their business was impacted. They had to cut costs. They were looking for the ways to rapidly transform their business. And the companies like travel companies, uh, airways, cru cruise companies, one of the, our clients. But they also were companies like retails, 
and finance who to some extent were better positioned to face the this uh, economic crisis they had the strong online part of their businesses still working and growing faster so they faced a different problem because of big heat of online delivery services online purchases there was enormous load on their services and their infrastructure and they were looking for the ways to grow rapidly within their existing and premises environments or the cloud environments and this one showed a lot about the companies who claimed before that they doing digital transformation they are all about cloud but if this company still were running 80 percent of their core business on premises and just a couple of fewer endline projects in the cloud when the this thing happened they weren't able to quickly scale they weren't able to quickly react to the changes and the way they were doing coined a new term to the world called a digital lipstick which the company were doing this makeup saying hey we're all digital we're doing this we're going cloud but then nothing actually were happening so max what do you think about that i actually totally agree on the points like that customers are facing a lot of issues with their like digital transformation strategy strategies currently and uh in my experience i see like huge opportunities in the application modernization area currently we have a lot of requests uh, coming in, in this field we have a lot of new opportunities like so i'd say that the story looks more like some businesses go and some businesses grow and that looks really amazing because like what we see currently in the business field, like due to the crisis, due to the COVID lockdowns, uh, it's like it's changing the world as we know it. And I cannot say that it's really great because a lot of like, you know, people are dying. Like that's not cool at all. But at the same time for business, the, the change is always good. So I could say that I'm seeing a lot of pain points in like major enterprises like they now, uh, a lot of them are now having some data center exit contracts explorations that drives them to more into the cloud or hybrid models. And they are asking for our help to do that uh, because like it's not the easy thing to do just to, to migrate all the stuff with the lift and shift to over to the cloud. They have to think about the application modernization as well, which is like a huge, huge projects normally. So that, that's kind of a long story short. Yeah, and to you, to your point, I see this as a just a more accelerated way for the businesses to transform. And let me explain my thinking here. It's like the companies who are not doing this fast enough, who are not changing their company, not doing it, not adopting the widespread automation, widespread agility through their processes, the way they do the business, they would eventually die anyways not in three months not in 12 months but in a couple of years so i see this pandemic as a natural way to shake those companies and say like hey the companies who were well equipped to go and do stuff who were already transforming and was ready kind of putting their hands and kind of their words where the money where their mouth is i would say 
we're well equipped to respond to this and quickly start moving to the cloud, quickly start kind of cutting the cost, transforming their businesses, transforming their applications, kind of squeezing the AvenQ environment altogether and pushing this into Kubernetes clusters, like shared environments, kind of to optimize the cost. They were bold enough to do this. Other companies who were not well equipped, but still on the market right now, they won't be able to do this as fast. They will eventually go away to the history and I think this is okay. Recent state of, of the cloud report by Flexera also highlighted the fact that uh, the actual cloud usage during the pandemic was 30 to 50% higher during the pandemic than it was even expected in the normal times in the same period of time. So companies double down on the cloud, companies double down on the change, and also they are looking forward to kind of do their two years long cloud transformation or two years long digital transformation strategy just in like six, nine months. So they are doing all hands on maximum focus on doing this. And I think this will bring eventually a lot of good things to us. Yeah, I agree with this point. Actually, that reminds me of the story. Maybe you might remember of uh, lean software development uh, methodology which was developed initially by Toyota, like back in maybe 60s. Um, yeah. So the reason why it's not used as widely nowadays and why it's like, I'd say, just died is because like it was concentrated on, on some uh, long-term project with the inability to fix some, some stuff on the go, like the goals, uh, requirements, like features and all of that stuff. And then maybe like starting in 2000, 2000s, people realized that the world is changing so fast and there are just only two ways to be able to handle that. Either you go as fast as the world goes or you just lose your business. So that's where uh, Agile comes in because the Agile gives the ability to change some sort of requirements like between sprints to just to adjust the product to the changing world. So yeah, that, that's kind of, the story repeats itself, you know. <laughs> yeah, so the ability to quickly react on the changes and produce the respond is the key differentiator for DevOps, for Scrum, all of the methodologies that are built around frequent change in an ambiguous environment, ambiguity, and where things in the world may change over the weekend, what, which is essentially happening. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so uh, my next question here is like, how you see clients plan their recovery? So after this thing ends, no matter in nine months or in two years, eventually we hope this thing will come to the end. How you see our clients and businesses plan to recover from this? I don't think we're gonna see some sort of real-time recovery. I think businesses are just trying to adapt themselves to the current situation. So I see a lot of businesses growing their online presence. They are, they are changing their digital transformation strategies like right on the go. And I think that thing will not change in the nearest future. At the same time, most businesses which are not able to do some sort of online that they, I think they will start to recover once the lockdown is over, like, I mean, globally, 
But at the same time, scientists say that uh, this COVID situation might like stuck forever. So the virus might might not go anyway, anywhere. So I think that will inflict uh, offline businesses in, like at some point. So they will have to think in a direction like to, of finding new ways to operate. That's my opinion, like long story short. I could tell yeah. a lot of thoughts more around that, but the fact is the world is changing and the offline businesses are actually suffering and dying if they are not able to find uh, other ways to operate. Yeah, so I also share your opinion here is that like things, even if we go with a like vaccine and miracle cure, the things will not get to normal. The companies, the giants of the IT industry seen that people can work from home remotely. They don't need to be in the offices. Even the previously highly regulated businesses that need to for their personnel to be like exclusively present in in, in a like lockdown perimeter and all of that stuff. See that hey, this is possible. The things are okay. Another big point here is like growth of online delivery services that are focused on uh, right now on the economy around COVID. Also, I would say one going, won't be going anywhere after this ends or if it ends because people are getting used to like do grocery shopping online and get stuff delivered to home. Even I'm lazy enough, I would say, to once a week order something from the online services to get fresh veggies, to get the fresh fruits. And in most cases for me, ordering stuff online, which I was used to, but I wasn't doing this as frequently as I'm doing this now. This is just new norm. Right now, every time I go in through my home and like thinking, oh, I need to buy this, or it's like we're running off uh, soap, or running something, I just add this to my uh, wish list on Rosetta or on a hotline. And when time comes for me to find the time to do the shopping, I just open the app, click, 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 15 minutes, I'm done, and stuff will be delivered to me. I don't th- need to think where... I need to plan my next go to the shopping mall or something like that. It's much more convenient right And now. you're taking us to a lot of more interesting points. Like you see the most valuable resource in our like modern reality is time. And why wasting like hour and a half or two hours for shopping if you could do that in 15 minutes? Same thing. So uh, the same thing comes from going to work. Exactly. I know... Yeah, so every day going to work is waste you effectively. For me, it's around two hours, two and a half hours going to the office, coming from the office. And yet I understand the that importance of like getting back with the team, having uh, some daily charts, meetings. It feels more productive, but over the last two months, it also showed us that we can accomplish the same thing online we can stay in touch. We can play Counter-Strike on Wednesday. We can meet for Fridays for beers over online. I know at this point we, can, we cannot go outside, but I also, it also shows me personally that a lot of can be accomplished online, which previously I was thinking, hey, even our clients, which I would say that the biggest change Previously, I was doing a lot of 
travel. So every other week, there was months where I was just at home for like four to five days a month. And uh, that was because I needed to go out. There was a, this paradigm saying, hey, to do the business, like business done offline. So you need to, you need to go, you need to handshake, uh, shake hands. <laughs> and um, and uh, this is how the big contracts get signed. This is how the people get business. But now I see that we're still getting business, meet absolutely new customers who never worked with SoftServe. And like, yeah, we, we sign, we sh- sh- shake the hands, we sign the contracts online. We've never seen each other offline physically, I would say only like... In person, yeah. Ha- yeah, in person. So this, I think, things that I would say will stay with us. And this brings me to another big topic of our today's conversation in how COVID impacts our work. So aside of like obvious changes for me, I, as I mentioned, I was traveling a lot. So like me and my wife were meeting at airports. Even last September, when we were getting married, I was at home at Kiev only for eight days. She was at home for six days. So she's also traveling a lot. And this talks about like, hey, you're always on the run, you're always on the plane, you're traveling to Europe, you're traveling to States, you're traveling to Asia, like every other week, because this is how the thing's done. And now we, we are at home. So, Max, how are you? Holding you up? see, I think I think we're now in the acceptance phase of the Kubler-Ross model. <laughs> More or less, yeah. looks like that to me. So, I really love travel. I I I was traveling really often, like prior to the COVID nineteen, and I really like to meet new people to talk to them in person. That helps to understand things that you will never understand, like talking online that adds even more value when you're dealing with the pre-sales activities or kicking off new uh, contracts and projects but still yeah we have to adapt to the fact that currently we are not able to do that and i think more or less our model will stay online after the covid19 pandemic situation ends but at the same time i think uh, it's good for us to understand that it's not always that good to do the online business only because it's not always possible to get the customer, like to make him sure that we are confident in what we are doing just with a couple of meetings online. I mean, salespeople will always have to travel. That, that's, that's a fact. And they are waiting for, for that like lockdown to end. Okay. I know. <laughs> so that, that's what I think of the situation around getting back to normal. <laughs> okay. It's still like doing physical business, like meeting people offline, shaking hands. I think this something that everyone feeling like, yeah, you, you still need to do this. It's like the humanity was doing this for millennia and shaking hands and but right now the world starts to change so like i previously thought that you we won't be able to sign something more than let's say one million in a contracts with a new client 
without like physically going and meeting with them kind of going out for a dinner and they're just like hey uh, do, doing a flying business like making them sure that we exist we're here with the real people it's not as a, a head that talks with you over the zoom but when we signed the contract with a completely new client for almost 20 millions it's like with no handshake so our sales was sitting in Austin. The company is from Michigan and we never met before, like physically. We started our conversations in, in January. We started them online. Then the thing happened. We continued online. We kind of provided all the due diligence with information, proposals, contract stuff, all online with ever meeting so there are clients and there will be companies and people who are, we will adopt this yet i think more traditional businesses like large enterprises still will do things the old way you cannot teach a, a new trick to an old dog as common saying says so this i think still will be the thing oh okay uh, my next one i would say also how it affected our load. So obviously, with doing things online, how it changed the way you do your daily work? That's a nice question because, like, my current gut feeling is I have a lot of, like, I have way lot more work. <laughs> like, I think that the workload comes more not from the COVID fact itself, from the COVID lockdown or uh, changing the model I do my daily like work. It's more up to the customer demand, which is currently, I can see it's growing in certain regions, like APEC, for instance. I have a lot of more pre-sales meeting currently. I have new engagements regarding hybrid cloud strategies, like all of that stuff. And it's just like work. I do work for a pipeline, which then transforms into real going projects. And I think, it, it again, it's not like due to... Uh, the lockdown fact or anything else it's more up to the growing demand so i have more work that's it <laughs> yeah that, way more it. yeah i would say that like at the start of the february i would see this like the clients who were coming to us and saying like hey help us we're doing a lot of like things uh, to help us grow like we cannot handle the load or like we need to quickly transform our business to for the online or put more products online or release new version of the app or release new version of the service uh, or go multi-cloud. There always were clients who were coming to us and like, hey, please help us to save the costs in their Azure, AWS, Google and their public cloud environments. So it's like I would effectively say for, for the last three months, the amount of work and opportunities effectively doubled, for, at least in terms of uh, new prospects and new projects that we were doing. And the same way that also adds a, a factor that people working online and all of those meetings and all those small chit chats that we were having in the kitchen, that were like meeting people at the office every day, they converted into real meetings during the day. So I would say more people un unknowingly or knowingly started to schedule more meetings to just sometimes talk. So like, we all, like often I had the feeling like this meeting could have been an email. 
Seriously, yeah. it's like we, we, we talked 30 minutes on the thing that was already decided upon. And if you wanted like an approval or something like that, you could just drop the email with like two sentences. And yeah, because it was too damn ob obvious, I would say. My normal day looks like mornings are for APEC uh, region meetings. Yeah. Midday are, is for European uh, meetings. And the night is for US meetings. <laughs> it's, yeah. Every day it's still, it's still like the same. Like follow yeah. the sun principle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I very understand you here. So with all that said, uh, I would say like is the changes in the way our clients uh, plan their strategy for this year. It's going cloud, doing multi-cloud, doing application modernization, so adopting more of a container services, uh, cloud native services, which are in fact like 64% right now of the clients who were responding on the state of the cloud response side, like, hey, yeah, we're already using cloud uh, containers in the production and we plan on keeping using them. So it's not something that is like in, in the rapid adoption right now because it's already half of the market who have some experience in this. However, we still see those, let's say, luggers, how they called, uh, who are just starting to do this transformation. And uh, yeah, this in fact translates into skills we seek and skills we need in our engineers and our experts to successfully help our clients. So in your opinion, what are the most important skills technologies that uh, everyday engineer or expert or the architect who want to get to more prospects, get to more clients, get them ready for what comes into next 12 months, what they need to know? So that's a good question. Like I think uh, the major skill set would be around the cloud architecture because like obviously that companies are looking to grow the online presence and that that makes them like require for some changes in their infra to be able to auto scale their workloads just to satisfy the uh, growing customer demand so the second type of the skill set is a hybrid cloud approach and then platforms that could be uh, like OpenShift that could be Rancher that could be uh, Google Anthos which is like really an awesome ecosystem. It's, I'd say it's brand new, but uh, the growing demand shows that we have to develop our skills in that direction. I even have an example. So we currently have a project in the pre-sales phase, uh, not, not the pre-sales anymore. They are signing off the SOW currently. And Literally, we don't have engineers that could do that because like uh, all the people who know Anthos are already busy on another project <laughs> with Anthos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like this is why we do have this like, bootcamp program. So trying to get yeah. the, the best engineers in the company to ramp it up quickly yes. on those yes. emergent technologies. I would say, I want to add to this that you're right. It's like, Right now, if we see a new project, it's like 100%, it will be cloud-related. 100%, you will need some form of automating the cloud. So it's either Terraform or 
I would say Terraform is a big player right now. Even with the recent, like Azure finally started to move towards Terraform. So they release a new GitHub repo with the models that help working with the Azure, which previously PowerShell, oh my God. <sighs> I still had chills and like nightmares about managing Azure through PowerShell. CloudFormation, obvious choice if you're super focused for AWS because it's the most deeply integrated tool comparing to Terraform. But for multi-cloud strategy, you need to look forward multi-cloud tools and it's yes. Terraform. And another thing you mentioned are platforms, like hybrid platforms. And this is a, you're seeing the emergence of big race for a next gen hybrid platform. Things like Antos, who would help manage and move workloads between any environment and any cloud. This idea, not new to the market, but finally companies starting to invest heavy into building that will essentially become a new, I would say, Tomcat for the cloud. Yes. Uh, forgetting about the hardware, cloud hardware that you run and just putting your app and loading it, like kind of balancing it between any hardware that you have. And like VMware is doubling down on this right now. So they're releasing TKG uh, and their Tensor ecosystem, helping to essentially working with any cloud, with any on-prem environment. 80, uh, in fact, 75% of the uh, on companies who are still have on-premises run VMware. So it's would be no brainer for them to start using the VMware hybrid platform. This is why uh, emergence of this race with Azure Arc, Azure Stack, uh, with the AWS Outpost, with the Antos, is all signs of uh, one single thing. Um, there is a big race for the platform who will win the next generation of multi-cloud. The big thing, for the business, they always want to optimize the costs, the value that get they get. And uh, with this approach, eventually, like managing three multi-cloud, uh, three cloud environments and they're on-prem, essentially, they need three different skill sets, four different skill sets yes. for, for, for the different cloud. Essentially, it's more operational costs. Essentially, it's like four different ways you deploy something to that cloud. And if you want to have that uh, workload uh, agility, where at any given point you want to move your uh, front end from Google to AWS. Yeah, that quickly becomes need... a real hell on earth. You yeah. know? This is something that is, is not possible without tools like Antos, without tools like Tenzu, and yeah, we, we all know that it's like they are new to the market. It's a, a big leap of the things they need to do and add to become that state-of-the-art go-to-market easy-to-adopt platform. Right now, it needs a skill. It needs a time. But if you get on this early, I would say you will secure your, let's say, job and interest in your profile and your skills for, I think, five to ten years next. That's good to know that we're on that train already. <laughs> yeah, but it also gives us time to think what is next. Doing some research, investing in new tools with some clients, we experimenting with the machine, combining machine learning and DevOps for managing the infrastructure. So 
if, uh, I would say that even machine learning, DevOps, and SRE practices. So like hyper-automating the response on some particular event in the system where previously the engineer had to do and tinkle stuff manually. And we are not talking about basic stuff, like if you're starting instances, all of that things are automated previously a lot, but like changing the traffic routes, changing the application load balancing uh, within the regions, like bringing up context of your business into automation. So it's not only infrastructure, it's now a next step. You see every business understand, uh, understands one, one huge issue around the infrastructure. There is no business value in infrastructure itself. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. like period. Yeah, it just means to the end. So like it, it's something they have to live with to get their business done. Yes, because the business actually uh, runs with their uh, business applications, obviously. So yeah. that's where all the value comes in. And like in a hybrid cloud module, uh, just forgot to mention, there is one more uh, huge like push to, to make things moving forward really fast as we can see right now. So what about some sort of regulated businesses like financials, telcos, and other things like that? Because yeah. they still have, uh, they want to grow their online presence due to the uh, lockdowns and still they have to operate their on-prem data centers because they have a regulated workloads and data which should be like uh, running like on their local, on their premises. And they, they are not able to move everything just to the cloud and scale infinitely. That wouldn't work for them. That, that's where the hybrid cloud comes in as like as a strategy, as ideology. And that's, I think that's why we are now seeing that, that growing demand. Like specifically in these areas, like I have, uh, most of our opportunities are in the areas where we have some sort of regulations around the business. Yeah, like right now, I think the guys from FinTech, the guys from healthcare, the clients, uh, uh, seriously, they already started to do a, a public cloud adoption for some of their services, but still, you're right here. The core business, the, the core applications, the, the core data is still very highly regulated and there was this natural fear fear for like going into environment they don't control over the years those fears are getting less and less because they kind of <laughs> grow their understanding of the cloud so in many cases the security that you can achieve within a cloud environment and control over that security and keeping it up to date is is essentially much easier for the business to do this in a public cloud, but with proper planning, with proper changes. However, there's another way, a hybrid cloud, as you say. So uh, if you don't need to change the underlying technology, if you can define those policies in a single place and just use a public cloud, like you're yet another data center, but just virtual, well, you still control every step of the way in that ecosystem. In the same way you control your well, data centers, but without like owning them physically. Uh, this gives them even more trust into 
going out and moving some of their workloads and most importantly being able to move them back so if they want to scale or need to scale under extreme circumstances they are able to do so but then they can get their data and they get their workloads back to their on-premises as easy as uh, they move them into the into the public cloud yeah scaling just a couple of clicks away <laughs> yeah that's that sounds like a dream this for any be, business you yeah. know yeah sounds like a dream and we are getting there so like yeah a lot of people have the same dream uh, uh we, we've talked with the google product teams and uh, we, we you know, we, we've talked with the VMware product teams on what is their vision and all share this understanding. So in the future, the clouds and all of the resources and infrastructure, this is something no one would be interested in. It's like already for the day-to-day -day engineer, for, for us, infrastructure in the cloud, it's almost all managed. All we care about how to properly integrate it, after made some policies and advanced things that we wanna get there, but things like after scaling, disaster recovery, they usually already all, like click of the box or one line of the code on why one API request and it's done. So same thing we wanna achieve, but with having a new cloud. It's one tick in the box and you use the resources available there for, for your infrastructure. This is ultimately where we want to be there. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. But we will be getting there. Yeah, I agree. Like I see yeah. uh, the Atlas ecosystem is moving into that direction really rapidly. So, so yeah, to recap, the, the, the world have changed, the businesses are changing. Uh, and things may not go back to the normal, but we all will adapt to this, to the yeah. changes in the business, changes just, in the technologies. I think it's yeah. more more up to not getting back to normal, but figuring out what's the new normal, what, how it look like. Yeah, exactly my point. This is what would be the new normal? What would be the next things that we need to look forward and kind of stay on top of this, the market, stay on top of the things that happening and being able to react as a company, as a single individual on the things that are happening around and still like be ready for whatever comes. This is the mindset that I think that everyone will benefit in the long run. So for today's, I think I would like to thank you for everyone listening to us. Thank you, Max. And yeah, stay digital. Cheers. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.